4: It's one seventeen a.m. in your subconscious, and you're listening to Night Call. Hello, and welcome back to Night Call, a call-in show for our dystopian reality. I am in L.A. I am Tess Lynch, and with me are... Molly Lambert and... Emily Oshida. Today, we are going to be taking some calls and emails about dreams, about pyramids, but first, let's check in. We are recording on Friday. The election has not been called. Maybe by the time this is released, it will have been. How are you guys feeling? We should be super specific. We are,
5: we are recording it. Friday is now 10.57 yes. a.m. Pacific time. Because who knows what could happen in the rest of Friday. Friday could be an interesting day. You never know.
6: Feels like there's three more plot twists.
5: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's going to be tons of recounts at this point, it looks like, or at least one in Georgia, probably, mm-hmm. and possibly in Pennsylvania. But I guess we'll see how that shakes out. It's just been, we've been living in a real liminal state for the last few days. And I think it's making everybody a little bit crazy right now.
6: We were in a liminal state already. So this is like a liminal state inside a liminal state. Yeah, yeah real, real tenant hours. (laughs) This is, we didn't need to see tenant in theaters.
5: We're living it.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Emily, you had champagne that is waiting or waiting to not be uncorked. This is, yeah, this is my one
5: act of, of, I guess, uh, optimism, even though, you know, I could go on and on forever about how I'm feeling a very like unsatisfactory, like it's not fun, but I do feel a degree of vindication about how close this ended up being just because of how many people yelled at me about like how I was being overly pessimistic about Joe Biden's chances of being president because like the pool, he's ahead so far in the polls in Wisconsin and stuff. And I was like, guys, why are you looking at polls? Like, we've done this already, but I digress. Uh, I could, I could, I could yell forever about that. But yeah, I did buy a bottle of champagne on election day, or it's, it's prosecco, but whatever, same effect. <laughs> um, and I wasn't going to spend that much money on a Biden presidency, honestly. Um, but you know, just to have at the back of the fridge, just in case, just in case there's a more like an end of a presidency to to celebrate. That's that not real.
6: That austerity champagne socialism. Yeah. <laughs> Prosecco
5: socialism. Yeah.
4: Prosecco socialism's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like I, it's very strange. Obviously, everybody kind of feels this way to keep yourself from having feelings as you watch something that w- affects you so much. I mean, on election night, um, I started to watch and then got deja vu and was like, why am I putting myself? through this Mm -hmm. like we won't know tonight I don't want to have that like horrible dip into anxiety and despair and then the slow climb back up to like maybe it's okay so I went to bed at like 10 very well rested and I it's been happening again and again where I'm like I could stay up and watch this play out but I would really love to just not do that and just hope it plays out in our favor yeah Um, last time four years ago I made like a huge dinner I may have even talked about this in the podcast before, but I just I made a roast chicken and like all of this stuff. And then I, I threw it in the trash when the polls changed. And then I was like, so upset with myself because I was like, you should have just saved the chicken. And it became like an even a compounding thing of like, oh, I was so self-indulgent. It's it just whatever. I don't want to do any like a of that great again.
6: New Yorker <laughs> short story.
4: Exactly.
5: Yeah, yeah. The roast chicken in the trash.
6: I, like, wanted to go to bed at, like, 6 p.m. for sure. yeah, And just uh, go into a Valley of the Dolls uh, medically induced coma for a couple weeks and come out the other side. But that wasn't an option. So I ended up going over to a friend's yard and seeing a few friends and hanging out together. And that was actually the best thing I could have possibly done. I know it's not an option for everybody, but just like being around other people who are not that excited about a Joe Biden presidency, but are, uh, you know, nonetheless hopeful for a not Trump presidency. Yeah.
4: I'm not even going to say that I'm not excited for a Joe Biden presidency just because I want to get out of this situation so badly that I I can't even take any pleasure in like rehashing All of the feelings I had during the primary, I think it's like we have to kind of get over it. And I
5: just feel everybody kind of like waiting on on this precipice being like, I'm not going to say any shit about Joe Biden. I'm not going to say any shit about Joe Biden. As soon as they call it for him or, you know, maybe as soon as he's actually inaugurated, we'll see how the next few months go as far as calling the presidency. I think it's okay. Whatever happens. But I'm just saying like once it's certain that he's going to be our president, if it's certain... That's when you just let it all let it all out and be like, That's OK, it. you motherfucker, you are accountable to us. Now. Yep. <laughs> we helped you get this stupid job.
6: I feel like it's fine to do that now because I feel like anything else is like su- too superstitious of like we can't say anything bad or it'll it'll flip back the other way. I do think that it was crazy to see the news channels be like, we can cut Trump's mic. That was the most bonkers part of yesterday to me um was they all cut his mic during the speech because he was saying stuff that's not true and realizing like they could have done this the whole whole time time, but they didn't because they wanted access or ratings or whatever so
5: it's like the same it's like a bigger version of like people you know turning on Harvey Weinstein or something once he's like no longer that powerful it's like once the tide starts to turn and and somebody doesn't hold the sway that they have then you can uh undermine them in a way that feels more just
6: there was a story about Trump calling Rupert Murdoch because Fox called Arizona for Biden and not everybody did but the AP did and uh, AP and Fox News did yeah and so now people think that Fox might call it first because they're just like showing Trump that like they have more power than him. They are more important than him, which is true. But also it makes me get scared about the like super soldier, racist, Nazi man they're gonna, or woman they're gonna come out with for uh, the right. next election. Yeah. Imagine Trump, but like competent and like, with the facade of, like, a politician. It would be terrifying. Yeah.
5: Like, in many ways, Trump is not at all the ideal figurehead for this model of republicanism. And it's, like, kind of been the only thing that's kept everything
6: from... Yeah, because he's not a true believer. He, like, doesn't believe any of the stuff, I think. Um, Not that the other aren't hypocrites, but, like, I for sure don't think he actually is pro-life. He, like, clearly isn't a religious person, you know, there's a bunch of things. And also, like, I'm afraid for the, like, everyone being ready to make, just make him into a clown man, a George W. Bush, like, harmless clown man when he's not president anymore.
4: I don't know if I think that'll happen.
5: I don't either. I I think the reason that George W. Bush is able to be a toothless clown man now um, and people seem to have this collective amnesia about how truly damaging and evil his uh, presidency was is just because there wasn't the same day-to-day um, interfacing with it that we have now. Like every single day, if you're at all paying attention to any so, uh, current events, and not even necessarily on social media, although that's the way that most people are experiencing it. Like it's just like having like just be having your head in a vice for the last four years. And I think that that I I I've been thinking a lot about like how that's going to affect our generation and the younger generation going forward, like this 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 version of reality that we've been living in, unless it just gets worse.
4: <laughs> Which it could. <laughs> I mean. Well, speaking of weird versions of reality, uh, Emily shared with us oh my God. a very, very <sighs> disturbing TikTok. I mean, it's one, it's one thing
5: when you like are looking around Twitter on election night, perhaps uh, despite your better judgment and and going down threads of pro pro-term people or whatever bots and all of the above and uh just seeing you know the 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 MAGA rhetoric which we've all become so familiar with up until now now mixed with like this sort of delegitimizing the election I, but like I stumbled in a to a completely other uh wing of weird right wingy conservative like semi magical thinking religious twitter <laughs> um, it's right
4: wing it's right wing drama kid twitter it's, or yeah TikTok. it's like
5: christian drama kid twitter
6: <laughs> why don't you explain what it is and then we'll talk about our reactions to it
5: okay so i and the context in which i found this was that it was retwe- retweeted by a uh, perfume genius who i follow great follow also but he retweeted um andrea russet who i guess is like an artist like a m- music artist um she's got 7.1 f- million followers so obviously i'm too old to know who she is uh but uh, my mutual followers are include marshmallow and um yeah <laughs> anyway uh she retweeted this thing this 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 clip of a, a a TikTok saying, how the fuck is this real? Um, and this is a, a TikTok from a user that goes by. It's Taylor Rousseau, and it's this incredibly dramatic, complete with visual effects, makeup, and a sound—a very dramatic soundtrack of some kind of like very brooding Christian rock, it seems like, of her enacting this scenario in which she's being asked to by by i guess by the joe biden police state uh to get a a a chip implanted in her arm that will protect her from covid um but her knowing that this is the mark of the beast as we all know obviously a vaccine Uh. is going to be the mark of the beast um she resists it and is killed um by the biden state uh for her resistance and but then she goes to heaven and is uh is blessed by God for, you know, doing the right thing in her life on earth. Um, It ends with her in heaven. Um, But she also gets like punched by like off screen. Like, so it's, it's all on this girl's face. And so it's like her doing this acting and like, it's subtitled, but she's like lip syncing to the song and getting like punched by somebody off screen and blood is coming down her face and she's all bruised up because she's refusing to get the vaccine. It's like, It's kind of like the ultimate like stop hitting yourself of like (laughs) of (laughs) like right wing conspiracy type stuff. It's like it's like truly like punching yourself in the face to own the libs or something. Um, But like highly dramatized. It's wild. And this was posted by Andrea Russet. And the responses are shockingly in support of this narrative um, and kind of saying how could you. Uh, make fun of this this woman's religious beliefs. Also, we all know that like the vaccine is the mark of the beast and she has a point point. and you should, people need to be more aware of this and not make fun of uh, Taylor Rousseau for this video, which just sent me down a wormhole.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty <laughs> emblematic of a lot of uh, the realizations over the past few days in terms of how many people believe crazy awful shit
6: i will say that i've seen a lot of stuff i only see tiktok through twitter because uh we are not on tiktok could be if um the night call hive demands it but seems just like overwhelming to me still i like having it like curated to me by twitter get the greatest hits but i've seen all these things that are like really theater kitty people doing fake scenarios. It's like they're making up dystopian novels and doing, acting it out. So that's what I thought this was at first. I didn't think it was religious. I thought it was... But it is that, It's but it's based on a real conspiracy. Did you guys see there's like this Michael Bay produced movie coming to Netflix soon that is basically... Oh, yeah. Songbird. Songbird about... It takes place in like the world where there's COVID-29 or something. It's like the
4: COVID has gone up to COVID-50. He described it as Romeo and Juliet, but set in a pandemic. It, I yeah. mean, it's like, it's a love story, guys. It's a love I was story. Like, it's Hot Archie. is it's Hot star. Archie in it. Oh, my God. The people who set out the stream to pirate that are doing the Lord's work because I was oh. like, I want to be able to dunk on this having seen <laughs> it, but I refuse to spend a red cent on watching it. It's going to be a Netflix movie, I think. Oh, is it? Yeah.
6: Yeah. Okay. Because um, they were shooting it
4: now. And there was a do not work order that the union put out because they were not, I think, observing um, correct protocols for COVID. Well, I'm
6: shocked that this libertarian movie that's all about the big government coming to get you and force you to take the vaccine, the chip vaccine or whatever, uh, wouldn't obey union protocols. Yeah. Shocking. It's kind of
5: tailor made like for, I don't know, like Hunger Games fans or something. Cause it's just like oh like what could be more ominous than the government putting a chip in you? Uh, the whole six 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 thing though is sort of like maybe beyond my pay grade. It's 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 some revelationship, but like I don't I've been trying to read some blogs and most like I will say to the credit of a lot of like like Christian blogs and stuff and like and like academic some like vaguely academic blogs that I've been looking at. Most of them are like dispelling this. Um they're just saying there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing here. But it it some people are saying that this got started with um Kanye West talking about the vaccine and and you know supposing that there might be a chip that they would put in people's arms and that it would be like the mark, you know, it would be like a mark of evil.
6: I just think all these all these things line up is like fundies and um, people that don't want big government involved in their lives in any way, even when they would be helping you. The acting out of the persecution is just so wild to me. And I think
5: we've like seen this so many times. We're going to see so much more of it, especially like if, if, uh, if the election is called for Biden. Race is why people think they're being persecuted. Yeah. They really believe this. And their their speech is always under threat um, when, you know, right? obviously this is not the case because we hear from them all the time. (laughs) Right. And it's also like it's
6: not just on the right. Like, obviously, there's like, you know, centrists who are like, we're being, you know, there's a lot of people that are pushing back against progress in various ways or being like. Let's keep it room temperature, folks, which is like (laughs) nothing is ever going to be room temperature again. So we got to go with that instead. Um, Yeah, I feel like people always think it's the end of the world, though, right?
5: Mm, I think with more frequency lately and I think with good reason. But (laughs) a lot of hard evidence to support that
6: one as opposed to the the COVID beast beast, uh, conspiracy. Beast chip. Can't these people find out about like Prop 22 and be like,
4: oh, God, it's a conspiracy to like turn workers into machines. That would have been the perfect way to direct conspiracy theory energy. It was such a lost opportunity, you know, because it's, you know, when people would point out like follow the money on Prop 22, people were convinced. It was just that like the, the ad campaign was too overwhelming and, you know, some people just fell for it. But that's also L.A. Prop. Uh, California props. So prop talk, mm-hmm. prop talk. That's a bonus episode. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> prop That's talk. the
6: LA podcast
4: crossover episode. Exactly. Hot prop talk. We should take a break, and then when we come back, we will have some pyramid pals and dreams.
3: Apple Podcasts,
10: or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Let's take a night call about pyramids in Brazil. Hi, night call. This
2: is Rebecca. It's 3.20 in Sao Paulo, Brazil. I'm calling about occult, but also pyramids. (laughs) So, um, this is my second voicemail because the other one was too long. So, I'll just say that the planned city, Brasilia, which is the capital of Brazil, planned by Oscar Niemeyer, the modernist architect, has always been intriguing to me because I think it's beautiful, but some people say there's some weird energy around it because... It's made of concrete and all buildings have some sort of triangle base. And the entire city is planned to be without any corners. So everything is kind of rounded. And if you look from above, it's shaped as an airplane. So all of this is already creepy, but I was browsing the International Film Festival of Sao Paulo catalog. And I found a documentary that is about spirituality around, around Brazilia. And I found out about this cult called Down Valley. And it's really fascinating. It was founded by a medium in the 1960s and she was called Chia Neva. And the cult is a mix of spirituality and Egyptian religion, like deities, and I don't know much about it. I'm sending you the English uh Wikipedia page for it. I found it fascinating. They wear, like, very, very colorful clothes. And they do kind of, like, very um, choreographed rituals. I really think you guys should look into it. Hope you have a good
4: night. Bye. Thank you for that night call all the way from Brazil. That was very exciting. It's always really fun to hear from our, uh, our listeners who are not neighbors. <laughs> night call, come to Brazil. We came to Brazil.
5: I am looking at a National Geographic article about this, about Dawn Valley,
6: this cult. Um, I weirdly know a lot about Brasilia. Because I had a boyfriend who was really obsessed with it because it is so weird and it is very beautiful. Brasilia looks
5: rad and Mm -hmm. it is also very
6: scary. Yeah. Uh, He ended up going there eventually. He made a pilgrimage to Brasilia. um, And apparently now it is weird or not weird. I mean, dystopian in the way that everything is dystopian in that it's like this dream city, but it's kind of, you know, become less shiny as time has passed. And I believe they have a homelessness epidemic in Brazil as they do everywhere else. So there are, I think, encampments like around some of these crazy buildings, which, you know, just that kind of thing like in downtown LA where there's like these huge, you know, modern towers and nobody living in them and then people living Mm -hmm. on the streets below them. It's just... Uh feels very dystopian, mm-hmm. uh futuristic, blade runner-y. Yeah. So I'm not surprised that new age people also are into this city because it has no corners. But it just fits in with our general um buildings in more interesting shapes than squares. <laughs>
4: <laughs> our deep dive into the overlooked uh, buildings in other shapes than squares hey, market. pyramid palace has been a huge hit it we has. had no
6: idea when we started but we've all had like a lifelong interest in pyramids i wanted to be an egyptologist for a while um i took an egyptology class in college that was so interesting that i um almost failed I had to drop. (laughs) Well, it was so interesting that you almost failed. Yes, because like I don't have a brain for dates at all or maps. So I kept like failing all the quizzes because they were like, what, you know, draw a map of Egypt in the year in this year, this era, you know, and I could not do that. But everything I learned in the class was, like, incredibly fascinating. And it also ended up being about the history of Egyptology and, you know, sort of the great era of looting by the British Museum and, like, what's happening now with that stuff where artifacts are being repatriated back to where they belong in Egypt.
5: Yeah. Um, Well, just to get back to the Valley of the Dawn for a bit, I would highly recommend looking this up just strictly for, like, style points because the 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 outfits that the practitioners wear when they're doing their ceremonies are like very rad. They look very much like costumes from a Yodorowsky uh, film or something. Very like colorful, blocky, kind of like Godspellish. <laughs> That's
6: also what Brasilia feels like to me. It just feels like yeah, like it, it it's built to be the backdrop about, to like yeah. like Alphaville.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and their beliefs seem very complicated. But one of them, I I, I like the kind of um, balancing out of of a, of a cult that believes that uh, rather than say Egypt's being built by aliens, uh, which as we have I think discussed is basically racist uh, as a conspiracy the- as conspiracy theories go. Uh, they just believe that Jesus was an alien, which. I'm into that one. <laughs> I'm super into that.
6: <laughs> There's a lot of Jesus as an alien, and somebody else wrote us about the Raelians and we'll get into them sometime soon. But I totally get down with the Jesus was an alien. That makes Jesus make so much sense. Yeah. He's just Superman then, which is fine.
5: Like that that all that's like the joining of 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 superhero weirdness and religious weirdness that just it, it yeah
6: two tastes that taste fine together <laughs> <laughs> yeah please look up the temple of dawn valley because it is also very Yodorowski. it is a colorful labyrinth
5: yeah the colors are great like because brasilia is also pretty like monochrome Which is like Mm -hmm. one of the reasons I think it looks so pretty, especially now that it's getting old and like some there are like cracks in a lot of the concrete structures and like moss and kind of wear on them. Like I think it looks really it's it's aging very well um, from a purely aesthetic standpoint. (laughs) Um, But the 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 Don Valley stuff is like mega color pops, like just very polyphonic spray uh yeah
6: and this religion was started in 1969 and you can tell (laughs) (laughs) that's where it says and i like that it was started by Tianeva, uh was an ex-truck driver is how she's described really
4: Uh uh-huh nice well hot tip on the pyramid palace thank you so much for that yeah yeah um we also have another we have a voice memo from
0: patrick hi night call this is Patrick in Salt Lake City. I wanted to tell you about another pyramid, uh, the Summum Temple here in Salt Lake. It's located right in the middle of a normal neighborhood. It's about a 40 foot wide pyramid. I think it's about 25 feet tall. Uh, it's built by the Summum, which is a, I'll use the term new religious movement, uh, which is heavily influenced by ancient Egyptian aesthetics Unlike most pyramids these days, this one actually has mummies in it. Summum's founder was mummified and placed into a gold leaf sarcophagus, and uh, a handful of cats, dogs, and other animals have also been mummified and encased in a bronze sculpture. Summum offers this service, uh, mummification, to human and animal customers alike if you are uh, ever in the market. If you ever want to get lost down a very night call rabbit hole, check out Summum's website at summum.us, S-U-M-M-U-M. There's pictures of the mummies, including the animals, and including the process. Nothing too gruesome, but they do show the animals wrapped in bandages and and, uh, getting ready to go into a bronze sculpture. So uh, it's pretty interesting.
4: Boy, is it? Oh, my this God. Is yeah. Fascinating. Never heard of this before
6: in my life. I definitely have come across this before on my Wikipedia travels through the pyramid section and maybe the new religious section. Um, super fascinating. Also fascinating that it's Salt Lake City based because, you know, Mormonism is essentially a new religious movement. It is much less old than people think it is and when you go into the actual teachings of joseph smith and stuff it is all like incredibly nutty and involves like a lizard coming and talking to him on his windowsill so Hell yeah um great promo for the real housewives of salt lake city i'm, cu-
4: <laughs> I'm curious what it is about salt lake city Patrick included some pictures from the website and there's um, a picture. His caption is inside the pyramid. It looks like your aunt's living room circa 1995, except that there are human and animal mummies inside of those sarcophagi. It is the strangest mix of like aesthetics I've seen. Um, I don't know, guys. Would you want to be mummified?
5: Sure. You would? I don't know. I mean, it takes up an awful lot of room, but it seems more
1: uh,
5: ecologically sound than like modern traditional burial. Like just, you know, let a lot of bandages do the work of all those chemicals or something. It could be cool to be a mummy. I don't know. What do you guys think? I would
4: do the mushroom suit. If I were mummified, I would not want to be stored at the the Summum Temple. I, I believe their uh, their website is definitely worth a look. <laughs> I took a cool
6: art class when I was a kid, um, where we made little Egyptian tombs and we made little clay mummies and bandaged them and then put them in little made little sarcophagi for them. I just don't
5: trust this sumum organization on being like on top of their body preservation
6: tech. Like it all looks a little bit janky. Well, it, it feels like the cryogenically freezing people a little bit, too. It does feel like there's something very, like, 70s altered states about it.
4: Well, it's, it has a DIY vibe. That's the, the off-putting thing. <laughs> and And you know
5: how sometimes, like, I don't know, you can judge an organization by whether or not you feel like they have the means and technology to make an airtight chamber um, that's like a something I always think about <laughs> but yeah I like all religions can they make an airtight chamber or not I don't think that they can I think that there's going to be some unpleasantness with this body at some point down the line for them uh, being mummified in their temple
6: okay but if they're using like ancient mummification techniques like those do work but are they I
5: don't trust them to be on that's what I'm saying I don't think that they're doing it right also their their pyramid looks like a storage container like the only (laughs) thing that makes it not look like like an extra space storage facility is that it's a pyramid other than that it just looks like yeah where you would keep your records or something or your mummies or your mummies or your relatives and pets like (laughs) some mums
4: some (laughs) mummies I think that's what it is right some yeah. mums. Some <laughs> mums. Some mums. <laughs> we cracked it.
5: <laughs> so uh, aside from pyramids, we have been putting out calls for your dreams. We wanted to hear about your dreams and your, you know, all matters of your subconscious. Just felt like, you know, as we near the end of a super surreal year, why not take a full bath in the subconscious? And we got some great ones from you some, so far. So we're, we're going to do a little dream mail. Um, but this first email comes from JP who says, uh, I'm responding to your call for prophetic dreams. It happened about five or six years ago. And I've only ever told a few people I remember being taken by someone to a high cliff across from a tall bare mountain. Suddenly, lightning shot out of the gray clouds, striking the rock face in an explosion of fire and smoke. As the dust plume settled, I saw a list of 13 names and I wept as I instantly and intuitively understood that these were the names of the 13 families that secretly control the world. It was at that moment that I woke up not remembering a single one of them. To this day I've tried, but nothing has come to me. Oh, well. This is such a scary This is a great dream. Uh you gotta remember you gotta do some hypnosis and figure out what those names are.
4: Definitely. Uh yeah, I I think this sounds close to like some of the bad conspiracy theory things of the 13 <laughs> families who control the world but I, I just really like the idea of like being in a dream and there's an explosion and then these names appear before you and you just break down into sobs yeah you're
6: just like it's important yeah it just makes me think about in Boogie Nights when Dirk has the dream where his name reveals itself in neon yes, yes. It's like with an explosion
5: <laughs> <laughs> well this also makes me think of the um I, I think it's more or less true, but, like, all dream things, it's, like, no, it's never a science, so we don't really know. But this idea that, like, you can't read anything in a dream.
6: Yeah. Right, um, you can't remember anything you read.
5: Yeah, which I think mostly just means you can't read anything in a dream, which is very strange. I would love to have somebody come on and explain that for us. Like, why does written language not make
6: it through? I don't know. Do you remember seeing billboards before you could read? Yes. Yeah. And being like, those are words know what that and says. like, yeah. I will know someday yeah. what that means. I feel like it's like that. I remember feeling like I could read long before I
5: could. So I think I was just like looking at words and making up what they meant, you know, right? like that's the thing that kids do a lot. They, they quote unquote, read a book, um, yeah. which is always very adorable. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, the, the reading thing, like, you know, if you were to get some kind of cryptic prophetic prophetic prophecy uh in a a dream like doing it in writing feels like the most obscured way to get it like how would you you would have to hear the voice of something I feel like sounds
6: make it through really well the idea of it being writing though is so interesting because of the idea of like language being this great evolutionary leap forward that you know goes back to apes and and came to us yeah because I feel like even when you see it with children, like my brother's kids now, it's like they make this leap all of a sudden where their brain can suddenly read and process language. And it's so crazy. So the idea that there's like a next level of that, that the human brain can't reach yet, but possibly could. I think the the 13
4: names can probably... Right. You probably that, access that. If,
6: <laughs> if we could just read the 13 names, then we would become like the super, you know, we would reach the We'd next. Maybe
4: the 14th, 15th, and 16th names right yes. here. One of them is <laughs>
6: Kardashian, I'm afraid. I think oh, for it's sure. like Bezos. I mean, I feel like it's all the
4: billionaires, right? Um, I I would like to propose we take another night yeah. email about dreams. Yeah. um, But I'm going to insist on reading this one because I'm obsessed with it. And it is about exploding head syndrome. This comes from (laughs) Natalie. Hi, Night Call. Long time, first time. I've recently learned that an occurrence I've had with my dreams the last couple of years has a really concerning name and is actually a diagnosable thing. Exploding head syndrome. Exploding head syndrome is when you have auditory hallucinations while you are asleep. For me, they first manifested as dreams where someone would be knocking on my front door forcefully like a cop. And this would jolt me awake as I truly believed I heard knocking. I would then panic search my house to try to find the source. They occurred a few more times until I started to realize they weren't real. I have since had some that were just loud crashes or like something crushing inside my head like I was gnashing on rocks. They always wake me up and cause a panic response as waking up to any sudden loud noise would. They first started after a vacation in Spain when someone broke into our Airbnb after knocking where I was alone taking a nap. So I initially thought they were a PTSD response, but in reading more about them, I think they might be more related to a head injury I sustained in a car accident the same year or a stress response from either of those things. Who knows? But knowing they are a real thing that happens to other people, too, has helped in my panic response and seemed to calm them down. Dang. Yeah. Exploding head syndrome, you guys. Have you guys ever experienced anything like that? No. auditory hallucination i've had i've had like some weird during migraines i get an aura where i i can hear but it's not when i'm asleep um but i get like some auditory stuff and some visual stuff in like the aura which was super scary when it first happened um but i cannot imagine being i guess in a way you know after earthquakes I feel like sometimes I have that jolted awake by like, I think I hear some loud noise or I feel a jolt or something
5: in your dreams. Like when you're, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. I mean, I get that one a lot. Don't you like the
5: following dream that ends with you like actually jolting in your bed? Exactly. That kind of thing.
4: Yeah. And or a crash. I've heard like a crash where there was no crash and been like, oh, yeah. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah. I also,
5: this reminds me
6: a lot of like brain zaps um
5: mm-hmm. i don't yeah. know if you
6: guys have ever had
5: those oh, yeah, from like for sure. meds and
6: stuff those are the scariest because they don't warn you about them and then yeah i like, wrote a thing about it once about going through withdrawal and just yeah and all these people were like oh i have that too uh that's like the number one thing they should tell you when they put you on brain meds that yeah. they don't is that your brain will do these little zaps um yeah
4: i got those from shingles by the way and oh. not from meds, but um, I had shingles when I was like super duper stressed and it was right after I'd had a baby and I got shingles like on my neck and like it was really, they were, oh I guess it was God. like the nerves, the closer they are to your head. But I had, I remembered Molly telling me about them. I was like, these are brain zaps yeah. because they just feel like a little electrical current.
6: Yeah, it feels like a mini seizure in a way. Right. And there's also like they can do things to your brain by pressing on parts of them to sort of make some of these things happen. From what I understand, Um, the thing that a lot of schizophrenic people have where they think they're being followed. There's like some part of the brain that controls the fact that your body feels like it's in your body. And then there's like a part of the brain that if you press on it, it feels like your body is behind you or in front of you. Ooh, somebody should do that to me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, just to bring it back to the chip, you know?
5: Yeah. Oh, I'd love to feel behind my body. I would like
6: to. (laughs) Uh, Seems scary. I I think auditory hallucinations are the scariest thing. And I tried to read that. Oliver Sacks book about it at a period mm-hmm. when I was like maybe not doing great and I immediately like had to stop reading it because it was just making me feel just afraid of things I didn't even know could happen to people. Yeah. Yeah. But I do also hear people saying mommy a lot and think they're saying Molly. That happens constantly. That's just mishearing,
4: Molly. That's not an auditory.
6: I know. I'm just saying you never think someone's calling your name and you're like, no,
4: they're saying (laughs) mommy. It just sounds. My name is mommy. So it's it's even more confusing.
5: (laughs) It's a premonition.
4: Yeah,
5: no, this like all of this stuff is just anything that makes you realize how soft and vulnerable the human brain is. That's why it needs your skull. It does need your skull. Sure does. It needs the the pyramid to protect it, which is your skull. (laughs) Yeah. No, this is this is super interesting. Um, well, do you want to take a quick break and come back with maybe one of the scariest night calls we've ever gotten?
4: Hell yes. All right.
10: apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts
5: all right well this one is not exactly a dream email we still wanted to uh, talk about it because it does have to do with the subconscious and i will admit like well Tess first brought this one up to us and was like uh, this is really freaky and I um, I would concur this is a, is a rather upsetting night email but I feel like we should read it but buckle up and make buckle sure up. that
4: yeah if be you believe
5: in demons maybe <laughs> maybe uh, tune out but yeah. so this email comes to us from Sarah I've cut it down a little bit but um, she writes to us dear night call where do I start Roughly 11 years ago, I believe I was possessed. I have zero recollection during that time. But what I can't forget is waking up to a face on my ma, which I'd never seen before or since. It was the summer and I was having trouble sleeping. The allotted unrest caused me to discover alpha, delta, gamma wave videos on YouTube, and hence turned into a sort of obsessive sleep routine. I would set my laptop as close to closed as possible and try to settle in for the night as subtle affirmations surrounded me. Fast forward three days where I woke up partially under the bed with the room in disarray and my mother fuming in the doorway— she was midstream yelling at me when she realized I was listening which brought on a spiel about my boss contacting her over missed work and how sh- how was she supposed to explain that my mom still seeming explained the calendar days to me and eventually answered as to why she was so angry turns out I spent the whole time flopping around my sister's room as well as sleeping on one of those days she was concerned and tried feeding me water to which I allegedly screamed at her keep your water off of me you filthy whore and then proceeded to lick my own face wildly mind you I had not eaten, drank, or relieved myself, and more importantly, my ma is close to a saint. I was utterly confused by all of her news, and I made amends during the day, slept a ton more, and eventually turned back to YouTube for my bedtime routine. Here's the very disconcerting part. The only very disconcerting part. Um, I, I went to the last video I started nights earlier. Within the comments, someone said they had ran some frequency meter and was alerting the creator that the frequency stated was off just so, and was instead broadcasting something demonic. I know nothing of these things. The creator simply replied that he or Shea would look into it, but those comments were posted a long time before I found myself reading them. Uh, because of this, I'm still terrified of that genre. I am think she means a genre of, of YouTube video and the irresponsibility or malintent of people streaming it. I grew up a strict non-denominational Christian. We're talking an unbending schedule of at least nine hours of church a week, disregarding the 30 minute drive each way. There were things about the Bible which, which seemed so unjust and terrifying to me. And the idea of pe- being possessed was always one of them. And yet I think in a way I found myself full circle. I'm hopeful you or your listeners could shed some light on the matter.
4: Wow. Yeah.
5: Yeah. I have a lot of thoughts on this one. Uh, Do you guys know of these videos by any chance? Because I wasn't really familiar.
4: I've heard of them, but not – I've never, like, investigated them. But I do – I think I found them when we were talking about ASMR a few years ago Mm -hmm. and found some of the, like, um, the beta wave things that are supposed to be we're like talking about it
6: a little bit because um that's what denise richards husband does i think i was yeah. mentioning it There's uh, and it's the
4: sound baths and stuff like that yeah. i think like some of those he has one that's yeah. like
6: the peaceful frequency so i watched mm-hmm. a bunch of videos that were like whatever it was 46 hertz or something hmm. um and it doesn't sound peaceful it sounds like somebody doing a sound test it's just like And it's funny because people put it over New Age music because it's like Mm -hmm. this relaxing tone, but then it just sounds like an alarm or something interrupting New Age music. It's not very relaxing. Doesn't that defeat the purpose if you're playing music in the middle
5: of it? Like you're not getting a pure tone.
6: Well, you can get the pure tone if you want it. I would say I didn't didn't feel the effects of the tone. Although I think tones can be very powerful. I believe in like the power of, you know, ancient drone music and stuff like that. I think music and sound can do things to your brain can do things to your brainwaves.
5: Yeah. I have a, um, a couple of like audio like there it's a podcast that has like a free yoga class on it it's basically audio and I was never listening to one of them all the way through because like the thing would be over and I just turn it off and then I did one day and I realized that there was like a sound bath sequence at the end of it so it was playing on my speakers and I accidentally I'm sitting there in savasana and like suddenly like And it's really intense. Like even just over my speakers on a podcast, it was like this sort of vibrational thing where I was like, (gasps) like you kind of feel, I mean, it is a peaceful feeling, but it's, it definitely has a physiological effect on you. Yeah. Um, And that's not even in person. That's not even being in some specially constructed acoustic setting. But like, this is a YouTube video that she's talking about. Like this is playing over laptop speakers
4: I used to listen to white noise, um, like, like rainfall, and I would do the YouTube videos because they, I could notice when the sound resets and it would like, you know, just, dis- I didn't like that because I would start identifying like different beats in the little clip that they were using. So I found a YouTube of like a 10 or 11 hour long um, thunderstorm. And it was great, like the first couple of times, but then I started, I didn't know if it was. I think I was just being a little cuckoo, but I started listening and like hearing stuff under it. Um, and then I was really freaked out and I didn't want to listen to it anymore. But we've we've talked so much on this podcast about YouTube and how YouTube is just... I mean, if, if there is the possibility of demonic possession, it would for sure exist yeah. on YouTube. That's like the first stop.
6: And if subliminal messaging does... Work in any way. There are definitely people trying subliminal messaging because it's so unregulated. Oh, yeah. I feel like you've talked a lot about how much insane stuff there is that comes up for kids.
4: That's why I'm so, I'm I'm so suspicious of YouTube all the time. I just remember, I mean, it was a real whole arc of like my son watching the truck videos, the truck music videos, and he was really getting a lot out of it. Then he was also doing some like learning videos. And then all of a sudden you just noticed that there would be these slight links between this video and the next video. And I mean, the, the stuff he saw was super, super, super concerning to the point where I think if you haven't seen those things, you read what people write about them and think that they're like suburban women losing their shit over nothing or like conspiracy theories legitimately it was hard to even understand like what these videos what their purpose was
6: right no they're legitimately super scary and the way the youtube videos just flow into each other don't you know just keep loading new things and they all eventually funnel you to like ben shapiro because that's how their algorithm works. It's also,
4: though, even not even scarier than Ben Shapiro, but like in a in a whole different realm of scariness are the videos that are just strange. Like yeah, the ones yeah. that we've talked about, you know, like what yeah. driver torso and like what people think those are. Sweet peach, exactly. Um, and then you start thinking about like one some of the ones that my son was watching were um like cars, video game cars just driving off cliffs and exploding. Yeah. And yeah, like yeah. you're just like, what? why like what's in here or like the the ones that just seem off and you're but otherwise are just kind of like there's nothing happening there's no clear purpose there's no narrative it just seems designed to kind of leave an impression on you and it's just like an experiment on their brains Mm -hmm. because
6: who knows it's just clockwork orange but like I still feel like there's a
5: difference between that stuff about that kind of possibly AI generated Content Like some of those YouTube videos seems like they're doing the kind of um, uh, SEO for like basically what children, like the ultimate channelers of id are right. requesting on YouTube. So they're like, oh, we have a lot of uh, searches for truck exploding into flames. Let's make a CGI video of a truck exploding into flames so we can get those views from all those eight year olds, like uh, which is you know very weird and just considering it on its own but you can kind of like connect some dots that are still upsetting but like mm-hmm. I do think that like in a very unscientific way I feel like there is a possibility of like some of these tone videos at least like in the way that meditation can kind of you know provide some clarity or you can have epiphanies or whatever from meditation or from any kind of therapy too honestly like I, I, I would not rule out the possibility like I think that there's I think the context of her having grown up in a non-denominational non-denom- Christian household and going to church nine hours a week and having you know even if she is like not a fan of that of the idea of demonic possession like that stuff gets planted in your subconscious so hard if, especially if you grow up with it as a child and I think like even if she doesn't subscribe to that now I just like it's really frightening to think that that could manifest itself in some way because you're in some kind of liminal or meditative state or whatever. And that, you know, that stuff that is in your nightmare fuel basically for the rest of your life kind of comes to the surface.
6: Right. And again, that's like what's so scary about the human brain is like, yeah, you can't necessarily control it. And the idea that somebody else might be trying to control it, uh, mm-hmm. I obviously do believe that there are people making YouTubes to try and hypnotize you into whatever. And I do think that, like, yes, something gets you in a vulnerable, semi-hypnotic state, and you have grown up with this idea of demonic possession. But also, maybe she was possessed by a demon.
9: (laughs)
4: I mean, I also just think that there are possible explanations for this that are not demonic possession. um, And definitely, I believe the uh, emailer that her mom is nice and patient and great. But I also think that it's possible sometimes in in extremely religious households to ignore things um, that are health or mental health related. And they kind of become, you know, what appears to be a demonic possession. But I know... Yes, totally. Yeah, not to diagnose the emailer at all or anything, but there's also, I mean, seizures, for instance, high totally. fevers, things like that. If if someone refuses to, like, take you to a doctor, again, not saying that that's what happened... For religious reasons, perhaps. Uh, yeah, yeah, even a panic attack.
6: Um, mm-hmm. You know, anything yeah. dissociative... And it's just a scary feeling to feel like you are losing control of your brain or can't trust your own brain. And it's made scarier if the person
5: whose care you're under isn't willing maybe to acknowledge that that could be the problem and uh, instead, you know, assign some kind of more supernatural or like evil sort of explanation for it, which... I think can only compound <laughs> any panic attack or whatever that you might be going through at the time or any, you know, just sort of dissociative state.
4: Which it's also, I mean, you mentioned, the caller mentioned that, or the emailer mentioned that they were having trouble sleeping. And this kind of stuff can also happen if you, even if you think that you've been sleeping, if you feel like you haven't been sleeping, but, you know, there are times when you feel like you must have slept some, but you're not actually really falling asleep. Yeah. um, After a few days of that, it wouldn't really be like that outside of the realm of possibility that you would disassociate so much that your behavior would seem like what you're describing, you know? Yeah. I
5: think it's a generally safe and not at all paranoid rule of thumb maybe to not fall asleep with YouTube (laughs) on.
4: That is is very true. I mean, that's what I felt like eventually I was like, you know, you're in a very suggestive state when you're trying to fall asleep and then You know, when I started like hear when I started thinking I hear stuff underneath, that's that's partially because when you listen to white noise, like that's what happens is that if you're having trouble falling asleep, especially you start to identify things that are annoying, that are keeping you up in the track that's meant to wall you. Yeah. And I think, you know, with YouTube, like someone might have even just been having a laugh with being (laughs) like, here's (laughs) some relaxing noises And every so often, I'll put in like a and kind of keep you awake. Or
6: maybe it was just a natural thunderstorm noise, but your brain was interpreting it as creepy in some way. That's almost certainly what it was. (laughs) I mean, but I don't know. You know what I recommend? Because I have gone through the same thing is uh, explore.org, as I always recommend the live earth cams. You can often find one that's like an actual nature sound and it will just yeah, because I have the same problem with, like, once I hear looping, it doesn't relax me ever again. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah. You you realize you're in a in a simulacrum yeah. a thunderstorm mm-hmm. or whatever.
6: I wonder if the demonic tones thing, though, because a uh, friend of the pod, Carter Cruz, also was talking about somebody who she was following who talked about how, like, EDM has demonic, a demonic note in it. And there oh, was, really? like, this demonic note sort of conspiracy that again I was like I don't like the like the devil's like the tritone
4: yeah basically. I want to know what this note sounds like what do you think the demonic note sounds like I mean you should find it
6: I think the demonic tritone is just making me imagine like a Dracula church organ you know Mm. just some minor keys probably I'm going
5: to try to find a tritone that's it right
6: there that's that's the demonic. Oh, tone. Oh yeah, totally the sound of a <laughs> garbage truck. We just got squealing it. Squealing is a demonic tone, but I feel like anything can become demonic. Remember when we had the whole ice cream truck saga oh, yeah. early on in the podcast? Um, somebody was getting sent the sound of an ice cream truck, and it's just one of the creepiest things for whatever reason because it's so and then pulse. hello hello.
0: That wow. one is in North
5: Carolina. Like I heard that one all the time. The the hello on the ice cream truck.
6: So and man. anything can get creepy if it's repeated enough. Mm-hmm. And I just also think tempo. You know, like very fast music makes me feel stressed out. Uh, sometimes I want that. There's another thing that's like the sound of falling downstairs. It's like the permanent spiral. It's a musical thing. They do it in a Mario mm-hmm. game for an endless staircase. It is basically just, it just sounds like it's going down always, but it's always just the same. Uh, if you know anything else about demonic music or music and hypnosis, uh, devil tones, you should give us a night call about it at 240 469.
5: Yeah. And also, if you have any, uh- insight on on this color's experience with the alpha and gamma tones in YouTube slash any um, suspected demonic possessions yourself <laughs>
6: um, please let us know all about that I also feel like you can feel like you're being possessed when you have the sleep demon sitting on your chest do you ever get trapped in like a like a nap and you try to wake up uh, Like sleep paralysis. Yeah, that can feel like possession to me, where you're like trying to get out of a dream, nightmare on Elm Street styley. I've thankfully never really had that
5: watch that one.
4: Well, that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening to Nightcall. If you have a story about dreams, pyramids, anything else, please give us a night call at 240-469. You can also text us at that number or email us at nightcallpodcast at gmail.com. If you are enjoying the pod, please leave us a rating and review. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Nightcall and follow us on social media. We are night call Pod on Twitter, Nightcall Podcast on Facebook, and it's Instagram.